Hey everybody, uh, we're back. We're just on the back end of game week three, going into game week four. Uh, very quickly, we want to give a special shout out to two guys, Glaucus and Ali, who are both tied right now for top of the table. They both had great, great weeks, way above the av- game week average of 48 points. Um, right, I'll start with the stronger team from game week three, Glaucus. I'm just looking at this team right now, and holy hell. Perisic, Salah, Odegaard, Rodrigo, Rashford, Holland captain. I bet he was a little bit disappointed there. And Jesus didn't really... He had his Inchenko clean sheet, but didn't get much from the other guys. But wow, that is a great week to have all those players. Really, Rodrigo's been on fire. Rashford got that goal against Liverpool. Get into that later. Um, But yeah, wow, great week made a lot of ground that's for sure um then we have ali as well 73 points this week he had parasite with 12 salah was his captain ivan tony so a lot of returns there i mean trippier sanchez i can keep going jesus you know um but two two very good weeks for these two guys and now sitting on the top of the table but uh, speaking on someone who's on the south end of the uh, game week average, Ahmed, why don't you tell us how your week went? Uh, I'm going to do that really begrudgingly, but I got 44 points this week. I had my captaincy on Kane, who got the goal, but didn't get any bonus, which was a little disappointing. No, he got one bonus, but he got a yellow card. Right, the one bonus and the yellow, so it canceled out, I guess. And it was looking yeah. great when I saw Holland also just got the six points. I'm like, okay, it's not so bad. And then Salah, obviously, we all saw how the Liverpool game went. And uh, I was feeling pretty good that Salah would blank. It really felt like it was in the cards. But then, obviously, Mo Salah does what he does, and he gets the goal and then gets eight points and ends up outscoring me. So another bad captaincy for me. That's three in a row. So it's been a <laughs> tough start to this season. Uh, aside from that, I had... Martinelli get me six points, which uh, was another bright spot in my team. But considering the conversations we had last week comparing Martinelli to Odegaard, <laughs> that didn't feel so bright anymore. We can, I know I will give me shit about that later, so I'll move <laughs> on for now. Besides from that as well, uh, Ramsdale got me six points. Jesus got me four. Blanks across the board from uh, Luis Diaz, Foden. Kyle Walker, that City game was crazy. Robertson, another one-pointer. And then very disappointingly, my double Chelsea defense that I came into this week very confident about, Cucurella and Reese James, both blank. They lost 3-0 to Leeds. And I watched that whole I game. I warned you about doubling up on Chelsea. I warned you. You and Mahmoud, I, mean, I warned you. I'm still not feeling horrible about it, to be honest with you. Because watching that game, like... Yeah, Leeds. Leeds played really good. And anyone who has Rodrigo and shit, like, good on them because they look good. He looks good. Like, I, I like Leeds going forward. Aronson, I really like the looks of um, the American kid. And um, yeah, just Chelsea, they were the better team until they conceded. And then they were struggling. I didn't like, I don't like Loftus-Cheek in this wingback role. It's not working. So I'm hoping that means we might see Reese James back in there. Might see Aspie move back to center back or something. Because Loftus-Cheek is just too bulky, too slow. He just, he doesn't, he doesn't suit that wingback position. Um, Cucurella as well. Like, 
I didn't feel horrible owning him even after they conceded. I felt like he could have got an attacking return at any minute in that game. And if you watch the game, he had a lot of the Chelsea's best chances fell to him. He was the one coming into the edge of the box. He had a couple shots on goal, all off target. He wasn't having a good game by his standards, but just seeing the way he was utilized in the Chelsea squad as a really attacking wingback just gave me a lot of hope. And just the positions he gets, and he gets himself in goal-scoring positions, and he's not afraid to take a shot. I saw this one. This one there was this one chance he took where um, Sterling was calling for the ball, and I think Mount laid it off to him. He didn't even think about passing the Sterling. He cut it inside and took a shot. And like, maybe that might not be great as a Chelsea fan, but as a Cucurella owner in fantasy, that's exactly what you want to see. That's the goal-scoring instinct. And I mean, they still have good fixtures going forward. I'm not feeling horrible about it. But uh, yeah, for this week, it was pretty shambolic. Um, not captaining Salah hurt a little bit. And then on side of that, seeing the kind of guys like, like Perisic, who people took a flyer on, Odegaard somehow, you and Glaucus and who knows who else took a flyer on, working out really well. And uh, on top of that, seeing Man United and what they did was... Uh, definitely something we should talk about today because this united team we saw is not the united team we saw in those first two weeks and now suddenly maybe the fpl options do start to open up in that squad so enough about my team i got 44 points so tell me about your team ayo how'd you do this week well i got 53 points i got a little green arrow so i'm pleased with that I just have to say, Odegaard saved me a week. Without him, my week would have been just as bad as yours, if not worse. Um, but he really did save my week. Uh, having two goals in the opening 20 minutes, that's just what you want to see from, from the player you bring in. I do admit, though, I messed up. I jumped on the Silva bandwagon last week off Mahmoud and his speech. That was the wrong decision to make. I took out Bailey and I brought in the Silva when I was like, I knew I should have brought in Andreas Pereira, but he has tougher fixtures. But for the immediate points, he got the assist. I know he got some bonus points. Oof, I would have had an extra seven points this week. That would have made a huge difference. So that hurt a little bit. Um, but obviously, I made the right captaincy and I stuck to it. I spit last week. Mo Salah was going to do it. Uh, maybe under other circumstances, but I'm just happy he outperformed Kane and especially Holland and De Bruyne. So um, I'm happy with that. You know, Kane got the goal. Jesus got an assist. However, between my four defenders this week, they averaged 0.5 points per defender because I only got two points from four guys. Shocking. But at least Ramsdale gave me the clean sheet. But yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm happy that I have a green arrow and um, I feel like I've picked up a little bit of momentum going into the game week four now. So why don't we dive in, talk about who to look at in this week. You said something about United players potentially being options again. Tell me more. Yeah, I mean, you're the United fan. I'm sure you must have been as excited as anyone to see Ton Hogg kind of kind of do exactly what Mahmoud was suggesting and basically wildcard the United squad. He changed out pretty much the majority of the team. He put on the young players. He started uh, Elanga. He started Malasia. 
He started, um, who else? He started Rashford up front, he benched Ronaldo, a lot of bold decisions. And now, obviously, we haven't talked about it since the last uh, podcast as well, but United signed Casemiro, which is, I mean, pretty much the perfect player they could have found at this time of the window. Like, I was baffled with seeing that move. And as a Madrid fan, it's hard to see him go. And he's been a part of so much success at that, at that Madrid team. But obviously, Madrid has the depth and, like, the youth to take over, so I'm not too worried. But Casemiro is one of those players that is Premier League proof. I'm not worried about him assimilating or having difficulties climatizing to the Premier League, to English football. He's physical, he's strong, he's hardworking. He's got, I think he's going to do great in that, in that uh, United uh, side. And just seeing the energy from United against Liverpool, like I think there are definitely some options. Because, I mean, the first one I would think of is Malasia, right? I mean, what is he, 4.5? Yeah, he had a great game. He looked way better than Luke Shaw has looked for a while. And I could see him starting again. I I mean, Rashford, if he's starting up front now, like I know we just talked about getting rid of him, but like it might be time to start thinking about bringing him back already. You know, like United fixtures aren't necessarily so bad. Like things change fast in the Premier League. And I mean, we can be very reactive since it's only been three weeks. Um, yeah, but I completely agree with you. Uh, it's only been three weeks, so there's still a lot of things that can change. However, um, I'll be careful. I mean, I don't know if Rashford will keep starting at striker. I think Ilanga will be dropped from the starting 11. And I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Martial uh, starting instead of Ronaldo even, because he came on before Ronaldo did as well uh, in the game. But yeah, there's a lot of... A lot to consider now with that Casemiro signing. I think defensively, that is that's gonna that's gonna give confidence to the back four. Um, I think it's gonna give the both fullbacks a little bit more freedom to go forward. Um, you mentioned Malasia. I think he's a great player. I think he's been doing so well since he's come in. Um, but until if United don't sign a right back, the low is just as good as an option. Also at 4.5, uh, unless he's dropped. Has he dropped? He did drop to 4.4. So even better time to bring him in. Um, so I still currently, I'm holding on to him now. I'm happy to keep him. I think I'm going to start him next week and have a four at the back. Um, but yeah, so definitely something to keep an eye on. I mean, United's fixtures aren't easy right away. They have Southampton now, but then they have Leicester and Arsenal. So keep that in mind, but definitely some stuff to keep an eye on. If Rashford keeps starting, if Sancho, whoever of the two starts, um, you know, picking up some form, then they definitely could start getting some returns more consistently. Also something to keep in mind, Anthony signing is very close, I think. Uh, he's really pushing for it. For it. Uh, I'm pretty sure and some sort of agreement has been reached. I think it's just in the next couple of days, we might find out more. So that's another thing to consider. If Anthony comes in, how many minutes they're going to get and what his price tag will be. But uh, definitely something to keep an eye on. I'm finally talking about United with a smile on my face. Yeah, I'm sure that must feel great. And you make a lot of good points. In terms of FPL, maybe there is some more caution to be had than the way I made it sound initially. But um, 
I mean, Maguire being dropped was a huge, huge thing for me. For me, that's a big sta yeah. statement. That's a big change in direction for the United squad. Seeing Veron, like, kind of leading that defense definitely feels like it, it could make a big difference for Man United. And um, Martinez also had an exceptional game. Oh, he was. He it was. He might have been man of the match if you ask me. He was. He was so good. I think he was. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. United were great. I, I, it was the last thing I was expecting. I, like going into the game, even seeing the lineup changes, I'm like, oh, that's exciting for United. I'm sure they might fight in this game more than I would have thought before because like the players are young, they're hungry, they're trying to change things. I did not expect in a million years they'd come away with a win against Liverpool. And part of that is United being really good. But then also a big part of that is Liverpool being very disappointing compared to their usual self. And uh, So I have to ask, is it hmm. time to maybe not be tripling up on Liverpool anymore? I mean... I could easily tell you that if you wanted to get rid of a Liverpool player, like I wouldn't call you insane anymore. Does that mean you're insane for wanting three Liverpool players? No, because Salah is still returning at Salah rates, right? We, despite the fact that Trent hasn't had any big returns yet, he's been playing great. And like similar to what we just said about United and the fact that we should be maybe reacted fast with three weeks, I don't see Liverpool going four weeks without Ole. Like, I know I said this last week, but, I mean, the chances just get smaller every time, right? Like, Liverpool is such a talented team, and it's not like there's something that's fundamentally changed. They've faced a lot of injuries, and I think there's a lot to be said for that. They're missing their best midfielder, or one of their best midfielders. Fabinho didn't start the game. I'm guessing he had some kind of injury. Like, he's such a key player for them. Their True. back, their back line is like Matip is missing. He's been such a fundamental piece for them, and obviously that Darwin red card and the suspension is definitely like. I'm not saying they're missing Darwin so much necessarily, but that definitely lingers over the squad. To know that like their new exciting signing is out, and like they can't rely on him either off the bench or it's in the starting lineup, so like starting like 37 year old James Milner is not the move, but it, it feels like that's one of their only options at this point. I don't know yeah. what's going on with Klopp's trust in Henderson as well. It feels like he doesn't, he's not trusting him to be a 90 minute player every game. Like something's going on there. So there's definitely something wrong with Liverpool. I would be cautious about maybe having double defense if for the people who have Trent and Robbo. I mean, they've really suffered after the first three weeks. But so, like, if you wanted to take out Robo to get like a Reese James, if you don't have him, like, that's a good move. I can't argue with that. If you wanted to get another city defender, can't argue with that either. But um, I don't think it's a dire situation where you need to get rid of your Liverpool players. Like, Luis Diaz, for example, I have him. I'm happy to have him. Like, he, he still had lots of good moments in that United game. And I could see him. I mean, they're playing Bournemouth at home next. So, that's, that has to be a bounce back game for Liverpool, to be fair. It's the it feels like the scripts scripts already written, you know, like they're gonna they're gonna bounce back at least to some degree. So yeah. I'm not getting rid of any Liverpool players. I'm still like we I know we're gonna discuss captaincy a little bit. I mean, we can do it now. I'm still captaining Salah. It's not really something I have to think twice about. <laughs> it's Bournemouth yeah. at home and it's Mohamed Salah. Like, what else do I want in a captain, right? Like obviously I have Kane playing Nottingham interesting 
But I think Salah is the pick here. Like, it's a bounce-back game. As much as United bounce back, Liverpool can definitely bounce back. They have the players for it. Uh, yeah, I completely agree with you there. Um, like United did, Liverpool can also bounce back. And to be honest, they do have some good fixtures. And Bournemouth at home next week is a great way for uh, Liverpool to, to get a win. And even if they weren't to win, I would love, like you said, Salah's still returning. So there's still a chance for goals. And between Diaz, Robertson, Trent, and Salah, there's always chance for, for goal contributions, whether it's a goal or an assist. So I'm not too worried right now. I'm just going to hold on to my triple Liverpool players. Um, but, I mean, if this does or if this were to continue, then maybe I would maybe drop one of them. But for the time being, I'm going to hold on and and, and let and I trust in the reaction on their team. Yeah, I'm with you. And I think this is maybe some ancient FPL wisdom. I've been doing it for the better part of a decade. And in situations like this, patience usually wins out. A lot of people are going to make knee-jerk decisions, get off all the Liverpool players out of frustration or uh, transfer them out for City players, United players, whatever it might may be maybe um, Brentford players, just the way Brentford are playing right now. And those aren't necessarily going to be bad moves, but holding on to patience usually does pay you back because over the course of a season, Trent, Salah, Robertson, Diaz, they're all fantastic players and they're going to have great seasons. I, I, I would very, very proudly say that. And I wouldn't question that, to be honest. Yeah. I wouldn't either. The one I'm doubting more, to be honest, right now is Chelsea more than Liverpool. Um, I don't know. I really liked what I saw against Chelsea just a week ago against Spurs, right? So when I think about that performance and I think about this Leeds performance, I, that Leeds definitely played amazing and they brought it to them. But I feel like it might have just been a, a bit of a letdown after the result at, at the Spurs game. You know, like a more of like a, a situation where the squad wasn't up for it the way they needed it to be than necessarily a fault in Chelsea's squad or squad strength or their lineup. Because we saw against Spurs, they are a really great defensive side. They can they can also they're also getting better creating chances going forward. And even in the Leeds game, right, of course they didn't score, but they were they were good in getting some decent chances despite everything. Like, like I said, Kukurela had some good chances. Sterling was getting in some good positions. Reese James, like, it, it just felt like it wasn't Chelsea's day. Nothing was going right. Everyone was, like, fumbling the ball out of their feet. But I don't think it was necessarily a tactical issue. I think, I think this Chelsea team will bounce back. And I think their next game, I believe, is against Leicester. I think it's a good opportunity. Leicester have not been so good this season. They've been leaking goals all over the place. And I think Chelsea could put some past them and try and get back on the right track. All right, that's fair. I think I think that's fair. But I, I do want to ask you, um, as a cane owner, how do you feel right now as a cane owner? I mean, obviously, after that game week one, there was so much panic, right, about the whole Holland situation. And since then, Kane and Holland have essentially masked each other. Kane's actually a little ahead since then. And overall on the season, there's just a couple points between them. So FPL-wise, it's not as drastic of a difference and as important of a change as it seemed. And when I'm watching them play, 
I mean, Kane's still like I just don't, I I have no reason to sell him. Like he's playing Nottingham next. He got the all important goal against Wolves, and I still think Spurs can play better. They can improve from here. They can they we saw what they did at the end of last season. They were scoring multiple goals past every team every single game, right? And I think yeah. I still trust that they will get back to that. I don't see an urgency to move Kane on to anyone else, especially not with these fixtures he has right now. I mean, you have Kane too. How do you feel about him? I don't know. I just, I mean, I, I guess I could, I would say I was, I've been a little bit disappointed. I feel like maybe he could have done a bit better, but to be fair, like what he has two goals in three games, like it's not that bad. I guess the disappointment is that he hasn't really like gotten many bonus points, but um, yeah, I mean, with Nottingham next, there's no way I want to take him out. And, and then, I mean, West Ham and Fulham. So there's definitely like, opportunity for Kane to score and, and get some assists or whatever but I don't know I just I feel I feel like every time City play I'm terrified because I don't have Holland. I definitely feel you on that I feel similarly I mean I have Foden and I like to hope that he can cover some of those assists or goals but like I mean City yeah, is a I great team City mid- like I only have one City asset and that's yeah. a defender, Cancelo. Yeah, I mean, City have been good this season. They all, and they have great fixtures still to come. They have Palace, Forest, and Villa as their next three. So it's never a bad time to bring in more City firepower. But I feel like you can do a lot of that in their defense. I know they just conceded three to Newcastle, but like I still rate their defense defense overall on the season. And um, I mean, there's value there. I still don't have Jacques Cancelo, and I think I would be more, more like enticed to bring him in right now than I would Holland. I have Foden and Kyle Walker. I don't see any reason to get rid of them. And I'm really thinking about having that double defense and having Cancelo right now. So Holland's great, and if you have 11.7 million and you're thinking of which striker to get, I mean, I would probably get Holland, <laughs> but. If you have a team and you have other strikers, if you have Ivan Tony, who looks fantastic, he can't stop scoring. If you have um is is the lead striker listed as a midfielder or a forward? I forget now. Which one? Rodrigo. I mean he's, he's a, a midfielder, midfielder actually. Right, sorry. So who else is a forward? I mean, Mitrovic still looks pretty decent. Um, Darwin will come back from the suspension. I'm sure he, everyone will be talking about him again pretty soon. Kane, there's no reason to get rid of him. There's no urgency. Like, there's a lot of good strikers. Obviously, Holland's one of them and one of the top ones. But, uh, I mean, De Bruyne looked great, too, if you want to replace Holland with him. Like, I still think De Bruyne's going to have a very good season. I don't think... I think we got a little carried away with the Holland hype after the first game week, just seeing the way he scored those two goals against West Ham, how they, it seemed so easy, and we got into this mindset where Holland's going to score 60 goals in the season. Like, I just don't think that's true. I don't think Holland is some player that's different from any we've ever seen in FPL before that we have to bring him in. And I'm happy owning Kane. If things change, I'm open-minded. I'm, I have my wild card in my pocket. If I decide I want to get Holland, I, I can get Holland. But for the time being, I'm not panicking. I just don't think there's any reason to. And um, I'm, still, I'm still waiting to see more from him. If he starts scoring more goals, obviously I'm going to be more afraid and I'm going to have to get him in. But the thing I think is, there's a lot of good options right now. The time to get Holland would be like either right now or you wait. 
until until mm. like after the World Cup or right before the World Cup. I don't know. You can get him any week you want. Like there's, I mean, again, I'm sure the wild card and we both have it in our pockets, and as most people do, like it's never a bad time to use it, considering the World Cup situation. Whenever you feel like you don't have the team you want to have going into the week and you don't want to take the hits to sort no, that situation. I, I want to wait for the transfer window to close. Yeah, I mean, that's just around the corner, right? That's that's after the next game week, so. Yeah, that's true. One more game week, and then and then the option of a wild card becomes yeah. an option. Jesus still looks great, by the way. He has Fulham yeah. and Villa at home next. I mean, Arsenal been- look in unstoppable right now they really do and they're, they're that's one striker just, i mean jesus, everyone needs to have yeah jesus is now the first ever player in fantasy football history to to reach 80 percent milestone of ownership 80 percent wow he's 81.4 percent owned that is ridiculous when you take into consideration how many people are just passive managers and aren't actually changing things in their team. Yeah. That is really crazy because, I mean, it just feels like a mistake on FBL's part, to be honest. He was underpriced and now... I mean, the thing is he was still at City. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I guess that's true. But, uh, yeah, it's just one of those situations kind of similar to John Lundstrom, but even crazier, I guess. Because uh, just the upside is a much much higher. So if yeah. you don't have a Zeus, like get Jesus. What are you doing? <laughs> like yeah, no. Like, I'm I'm all for trying new things and trying to be different. And like like I I love when people stray away from the template and go for a, a different mindset. But like Such going Martin away from Jesus, for example. <laughs> yeah, Martin Odegaard had a great week. Like there's no denying it. You were you you took a punt and it worked out. And I'm happy for you, honestly, because. Seeing that is it, 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 it makes FPL more exciting. It makes it more fun when the players who are low owned, the players who you kind of take a chance on, who haven't been scoring, end up paying paying you for it. And he did. Do, does that mean I think I was wrong in having Martinelli instead of him? No. I'm still happy to have Martinelli for the next week and the week after that. But does that think I'm like it? It props to you. Like that's what happens when you take a punt, you take that risk, and if the risk pays off, you reap the rewards. And you definitely are having those rewards right now. Yeah. Yes. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. <laughs> yeah. But uh, on a quick note, like of course, like I took a punt on Odegaard, um, Mart- while Martinelli obviously being the favorite in that Arsenal midfield, and like fair enough, like 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 he's also been incredible. Like there's no reason not to get Martinelli. Um, but I just fear, I honestly, I just feel like in three games, I feel like Odegaard should have three goals and like one or two assists already. So like, I feel like he just hasn't unlocked his full potential. That's why I, I, I'm really like on this Odegaard hype. But I wanted to point out, and I said this before the first week of games, that Saka was going to be overpriced. You did, and that I, I feel, I feel really sorry for Saka owners. To be honest, I had him in the majority of my drafts. I don't think he's overpriced, like in the sense that he got 179 points last season. Eight million for that kind of performance is a very fair price. To expect regression from a 20-year-old 
seems kind of insane. So to see that Saka has not contributed yet a single goal or assist in three games, or has he? Has he got that one assist? But um, I feel like Saka owners have been unlucky, personally. And I think I would still bank on, on the regression to the mean, and I would hold on to Saka if I was having him. I mean, you, if you want to free up funds and switch down to someone like an Odegaard or Martinelli, I don't blame you for that. But um, between Saka, Kulusevsky, Mount, Foden, like, there's not much between them. And if I had Saka as my 8 million midfielder, I, I would stick it out. I disagree on that. I think Kulusevsky would be my go-to 8 million midfielder. Or Foden. Even Foden above Saka. Okay. That's valid. I, I obviously have Foden. I got Foden for Mount after the game, game week one. And I guess Saka wasn't really an option for me because I already had my three Arsenal players. It wasn't possible for me to get him. But if it was, I might have got Saka. So, I don't know. So, you're right. Saka hasn't been that key player at Arsenal that I thought he would be going into the season. So, I was definitely wrong in that sense. And it is really looking like Odegaard is stepping into more of that role. So, I will say, going into the season, you were right about a lot of these things. And I have to give you credit for that. But um, if I was a soccer owner, I'm not terrified having him in my team. Yeah, He's still I a great just, player. I, and Arsenal and, I mean, so great. The, the great thing about if you are a soccer owner, the great thing is that it's very easy to just, you know, not downgrade, but like go save the money and get Odegaard or Martinelli in. So that's a really not... good point. Yeah. So, I, yeah I think I mean, that's one of the things you take into consideration when you're building a team, right? Like you're, you're having those guys at those price points so you can have those options. So it's still exactly. a good pick in that sense, even if it hasn't yeah. planned out in terms of points. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, it's definitely like a bit off, you know, like Saka will also bounce back and he'll get a little bit more involved. I'm sure of it. So, should we go into potential captain options? Yeah, I mean, I, I had my spill about it earlier. This is, again, it feels like this, this season is very template in the sense that I know most people are going through the same thing where every other week is either all home games or all away games. And it's another one of those weeks for home games now. So, in terms of captaincy, a lot of alluring options. But for yeah. me, I mean, Mo Salah is the easy one. Jesus is playing Fulham at home. Kane's playing Nottingham Forest. City's playing Palace at home. So none of them are bad options. But I mean, I think Bournemouth is probably the weakest team out of those four. Liverpool need the bounce back. Mo Salah is the most consistent of these players. I think, I think I, I, I'm, I'm going Mo Salah. And I can understand if you have Holland, De Bruyne, Kane, Son if you want to go with one of them and it's, it can be fun. It can be exciting. It makes FPL more exciting. But I mean, as someone who's failed their captaincy three weeks out of three, if I'm trying to get that first, first uh, good captaincy, I'm, I'm, st- I'm putting my trust in Mo Salah. How about you? I just feel like the circumstance of Liverpool is making Salah a lot um, more attractive as a captain option. But right now, it scares me to bits that I don't have Holland, and that I can't captain Holland because I just I don't know. I feel like Holland could easily get two goals in this game. He hasn't scored in two in two games now. Um, 
so I, I don't know why I, 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 I'm like really, really scared not having Holland right now um, in my team. I'm almost tempted to like take out Kane and get Holland. That's how scared I am of not having Holland. Like I'm more scared of that than I am of like not having Kane. So I'm considering making that transfer. That being said, Kane is also a very like, the thing is with Kane right now, because he hasn't been, he's been getting, you know, he scored two goals, but he's been getting six points. You know, he, it's not like his, his, his sort of like average ceiling has been still relatively low. It's just been consistent. That's the only reason like I would maybe not captain Kane right now. Um, I mean, so it's not a bad option, but I just don't feel like he's the best option. Um, but yeah, so right now for me, it's between Salah and Haaland. And I'm terrified. I'm really terrified. Yeah, I can understand that. I mean, to be frank, I didn't watch that City Newcastle game. So maybe that's helping me be a bit more at ease in my mind. <laughs> I didn't see what kind of positions Holland was getting into, and that might have scared me a bit more. Um, if I see something very scary from Holland in the next game, and I, I might go watch back that last uh, Newcastle game, I mean, I might reconsider things. Um, there's still this whole game week, like there's still a, a few days ahead before the next game week begins. And I haven't really spent too much time thinking about what kind of transfers I'm making at this point. I'm kind of trying to stay patient with it and um, give myself time to let the last game week simmer and figure out what I want to do for next week. I'm, I'm most likely headed towards a role in a transfer this week. Uh, what about you? Is there anyone there's that's so enticing to you or appetizing that you have to get them in now or? Are you thinking about a wild card? Are you thinking about anything else? Any way you can get Holland in, or are you happy to roll your t- with your team? Well, I, I, I can I can bring in Holland in right now without uh, taking a hit because I have point three in the bank, so it can be an easy cane for Holland. Um, but no, as of right now, I haven't made a transfer. Um, I'm not le- I'm not. I don't feel like I need to necessarily. The one I considered, I looked at Anderson. I'm not gonna lie, I looked at Anderson from Leeds and if I could get in Rodrigo without a hit then that would also be something I would be considering but I think I might save this transfer this week and use the two next week um, unless for some reason if I if I do get inside my own head and I do get rid of Kane it'll be for Erling but in the midfield right now, I'm very happy. I'm even happy to start the low against Southampton next week. Um, so I'm going to play a 4-4-2 as of now. I don't think that's going to change. I think if anything changes, it will be my striker. I'll take Kane out. But I also don't want to take Kane out, you know? Like, what if this is the game where Kane goes off? Yeah, I can understand that fear. With those premium players, I think you'll always feel that way because they're they're priced at those price points for a reason. Like Kane, Son, De Bruyne, Salah, Holland, they can all hurt you heavily if you do take them out. So it's gonna be a tough decision at all times if you're if you're if you have that possibility. And I kind of I kind of don't envy you in that sense that I, I I couldn't get to Holland without a hit. So I don't even have to worry about that possibility. But since it is possible for you, that might be a little tricky. Uh, my one holdback, like, I want to roll a transfer this week. And I think that's the best move. But my one ro- holdback is that I feel like I should be a little more aggressive 
because I have the wild card that I plan to use within the next three, four weeks for sure, right? So there's a part of me that's saying like, go for a punt, like try and climb the ranks because I'm really not doing so well right now. And I know it's only been three weeks, but I'm definitely feeling some frustration with my team and um, rolling feels like a very passive move, but I'm trying to trust in patience in, in regression to the mean and just staying confident in the, the best players in the Premier League and holding on to the ones that I have and trusting that they'll eventually play the way I expected them to play. So very quiet game week for me, to be honest. Nothing yeah. too exciting as, a, as the last ones were. Yeah, hopefully uh, this one will be a step up for you. Yeah, I, I, need, I need that one week where I get the 100 points and can get myself back into contention. Because right now it's not looking great. Um, I mean, we've talked about pretty much every big team. Leeds is definitely a team that kind of put themselves on the map this week. A lot of good budget options. So if you're trying to step down and you want to take a little bit of a risk, I like Leeds. I also like Brentford. They've been playing really well. They have Everton at home this week. Tony looks yeah. good. Everton, uh, sorry, Brentford have been playing quite well. Yeah. And Everton so, just look like they're going to get worse and worse because apparently they're sending Anthony Gordon to Chelsea. Yeah, that's it's not looking great for Everton. I can definitely see them in the relegation scrap. So I like I like I like anyone who's bringing in Bedford players, Leeds players. If you're trying to downgrade someone, I can totally understand that. I can get behind that. For me, I'm still placing my trust in my team that's predominantly covered by the big clubs, by the Chelsea, Arsenal, Liverpool, City. Those are the teams I trust the most over the course of the season. And right now, when they all have good fixtures, it's hard for me to to trust a team like Brentford or Leeds as much as I do these ones. Not that Absolutely. the performances Absolutely. have showed it, but yeah. yeah that's I all I think for me in terms of this game week, that's all I've taken away from it. Is there anything else you want to throw in there? No, I, I, I don't think there's much more to add. I think just obviously there's one more game week before the transfer window closes. So I think if in the next, not, I'm not saying right after this game week, but, it could be in the next, you know, two to four weeks, you could start planning towards a wild card or of some sort, you know? Um, For sure. And, and honestly, like, Kazi, like, this applies to you. Like, if you, like, obviously, like, you need to have your main structure as a, uh, for your starting 11. But if you have one guy, you know, like, take a punt, man. Like you said, you have a free wild card. So you're going to use it early either way. So this could be a, a really like solid time to get in a player like Rashford or Sancho, you know, like someone who's really like a team that's starting to go on the up and up and, uh, and climb some points. Like don't be afraid to take a punt, you know, like maybe don't take a hit for a punt, but if you're like, it could be a good time to take a punt, a punt, sorry. Like now we had sort of three games. So we've, you know, teams are starting to settle down again and get into the rhythm of things. So that could be a good time. Yeah, you make some. You make a good point for sure. It's definitely something I'm gonna have to ponder for the next few days, and uh, I guess we'll find out what I end up doing. But definitely a lot of puntable players right now. I'll say oh, that much. And I have to get Rodrigo, man. 
Yeah, Rodrigo can't stop scoring. And he, he looks really good. I really like the goal he took against Chelsea. He just got ahead of Reese James. And, and they have good fixtures. Brighton, Everton, Brentford, Nottingham, United, Phillip Palace. Not bad at all. I might take out Luis Diaz. Leeds have definitely been a surprise this season. I really didn't expect them to have this punch that they have right now. But they've been great. <laughs> what would you do if I took out Odegaard for, for, for Rodrigo? Now, that's a dangerous way to play FPL. <laughs> punt <laughs> after punt. But, I mean, it worked for you for the first time round, so I'm not going to tell you shit now. Do what you want, dude. <laughs> you could get another 16-pointer. Maybe, like, you know, he'll blank one week and then he'll start scoring again. Maybe. So, yeah, I think uh, that's good for today. No, uh, you have nothing else to add, Ahmed? I'm all good. All right, so we're in uh, for an exciting game week four. There's definitely a lot to think about uh, when considering who you're going to captain. It's definitely a tough one, I think, between Liverpool and City assets. But, um, you know, it's going to be an exciting game week as always. And we will see you next week.